Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Heavenly Father, this is your house and we're your people. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you have your way today. I pray that um, the words I say are your words. I pray that each person is challenged and grows and, and goes away closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Now you can sit. Hi, church. <laughs> going to tell you some stories today. Um, first story, you may not know this about me. I don't like sheep. <laughs> it's a little bit weird uh, And it comes from when I was very little, like three years old A sheep used to butt me over all of the time Like my grandparents, which I live with my grandparents They had this sheep, they had a ram Wherever I was wandering around outside It found me and dunk, would just butt me over And I was terrified of this stinking thing I remember this one particular time It's probably one of my earliest memories I was wandering around trying to find my grandparents and out of nowhere comes this ram, dunk, butts me over, stands over the top of me and doesn't let me move until I come and get rescued by my grandmother. And I, I remember it's little hooves, were a little sharp and I don't like sheep. I think they're dumb, I think they stink and I think they're ugly. I'm just saying. So I think it's hilarious that we are referred to as sheep all throughout the Bible. Like, we're talking hundreds of times God's people are referred to as sheep. And today I'm talking about the, uh, the last chapter of First Peter and it mentions, you know, the shepherd and the flock and I think the analogy of shepherds and sheep really wraps it up beautifully. Um, I think that the last chapter, it helps us understand how to function as God's people, as his church, and how to move forward into the future as God's people and the church. Um, so I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it in chunks to you, not all at once. So First Peter 5 uh, verses 1 to 4 says, Now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not, gr- not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honour. So first, that first part there, I'm not just going to preach to pastors Chris and Ruth. They're not the only, not smart from my perspective, okay? I'm not, guys, this is how you pastor me properly. I'm not going to be doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to be doing that to the Gervins or to the Crowthers. It's, it's not just, who are the elders in our church? Well, the elders are those people. But they are also, it's, it encompasses all so much more than that. I think everybody can get something out of this. So 
It's not just the elders in our church. Let's say leaders. So if you have a connect group, if you have a ministry, let's even expand it even more. If you have people that you are responsible for in work. In fact, John Maxwell says this, everyone is a leader because everyone influences somebody. So there you go. You can all get something out of this. Bunch of elders, bunch of shepherds, in fact. That means that you're all shepherds. Be a shepherd is what it says. So a quality shepherd, and, you know, you want to be a quality shepherd. A quality shepherd is committed to caring for the sheep entrusted to them. All right? And they do some things in particular to care for their sheep. And I think we can look at this whole analogy and we can learn some very key things. You know, the study of sheep is called orvenology. Orvenology or ovenology. All right, I've got three things about sheep and shepherds that I just want to punch through real quick. Sheep need to be led to fresh water daily. Okay? Daily. Um, Shepherds lead them there. They don't just wander their way there. Even wild sheep have to have a leader within their sheep to lead them to fresh water daily. And so historically, if you think of the time that this was written, um, the shepherds would lead their sheep over, you know, hills and it was often quite a journey and it was often not to the same place depending on rains, depending on what was happening in the um, climate, landscape, all of that sort of thing. It was often a, quite a journey to get to the best watering hole. And so are we as leaders and influencers, shepherds, are we looking for the freshest spiritual water? And are we leading our people there? Or are we leaving them, leading our people to the same stagnant well that we were at like last week or last year? Because let me tell you, if you are drinking from a stagnant water hole, you will get sick. And if you are leading other people to drink from that stagnant water hole, they will get sick. So we have to be looking for that fresh water daily. Shepherds had to go and find it first. They had to go and search it out. So one shepherd would be on, in charge of the flock and then the other shepherd would search, okay, where's the next watering hole? You have to go out before the people. Find that fresh, new revelation, that spiritual water. When you find it, then lead the people there. If we're not finding the spiritual water for ourselves, how can we lead anybody there? So, streams of living water can only be found when we are moving forward in God. John seven thirty seven says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And so are we looking for that fresh revelation in Jesus and are we leading people there? So, second one, sheep wander. Do you know that? Like I said, I think sheep are dumb. Sheep, you can watch them in a flock. They'll be like, munch, munch, munch. Oh, green grass. Look up like two centimetres in front of them. Oh, there's more grass. Munch, munch, munch. And they're not looking where they're going. They're just following the little trail of grass. And before you know it, They can't even see their flock anywhere. They might just be around the corner. Sheep looks up. Oh, my goodness, my flock's gone. Runs because it panics. Lost wandering sheep. Sheep wander. It's the shepherd's job 
to look after the wandering sheep and go, oh, okay, that one's a little bit too far from the flock. Bring it back in. Come on, sheep. We have sheep dogs, so we're like, oh, get around. And so they'll get around and they'll herd the sheep all back in. Uh, so, yeah, the shepherds know where all their sheep are. And if one wanders away, they have to go and get it. Because the shepherd has to give account for every sheep. So when they get back, so they say they've gone on their little journey, they've gone out, they've gotten water, they've gotten pastures, they bring them back. It might be a bit of a couple of day journey, okay? They bring it back to the farmers who oversee the big lot of sheep. They have to give account, okay, how many heads of sheep do you have? Oh, I've got this many. Oh, well, you're missing a couple. What happened? Oh, well, this happened. Or they never said, oh, I don't know. They always knew where every one of their sheep was and were accountable for the loss of those sheep. And so as we, as shepherds, what does that mean? It means that we know where the people in our care are. And what does that specifically mean? Well, that means connection. That means we're connected to people. It means meaningful relationships. It means authentic connections. It means heart conversations. Not you, how you going today? Yeah, pretty good. No, it means creating those conversations and that space in your world when you can go, no, really, how are you? And we know how people are. Do, do you know where your sheep are? Are they wandering? Are they close to the flock? And if they're wandering, are you going to go get them? All this comes down to is basically loving the people that are in our care because at the end of the day, we do want to give a good account to the great shepherd of the state of his sheep that are in our care. So know where your sheep are. Third one, the shepherds put their body on the line to protect their flock. So lions, bears, wolves, thieves all like to eat a nice tasty fat sheep and the shepherd had to stand and contend with these bravely and fiercely. I mean, you know the story of David. You know how he killed... That's not just a story. Shepherds actually did that, okay? I read, um, I read these two accounts. One was an 80-year-old Russian, of course. <laughs> Eight year, man, they're tough. I just feel like Russians are tough. 80-year-old Russian. He's a shepherd. He's protecting his sheep. Big bear comes out of nowhere. He headbutts the bear. <laughs> an 80-year-old Russian headbutts this bear. And, you know, he got a little bit scathed and beaten up but the bear it was enough to scare it off and because it realized oh this is not an easy meal I'm out (laughs) of course another one was a 60 year old Croatian I also get the vibe that Croatians are pretty tough as well he he you know bear came out of nowhere started trying to attack his sheep he couldn't get his little axe or tomahawk out of his belt so he chokes the bear out with his bare hands (laughs) just Gets it, strangles it. I'm like, wow, both of those guys, I mean, they're not in the prime of their lives. <laughs> both of those guys could have just racked off and could have just, just gone, okay, eat the sheep, eat, there's the sheep, I'm going to... No, they put their bodies on the line. They put their lives on the line for their sheep. Interestingly also, sheep... Uh, used to be put to sleep like in an enclosure like at the end of the day the flock they used to lead them to an enclosure now historically because they were moving around so much they used to have these little enclosures dotted 
around the landscape a couple of kilometres away from each other. They didn't have, like, gates or anything because it was too hard to upkeep. So it was stone enclosure, like a big sea, and the opening was one sheep wide. The shepherd used to sleep in the opening to prevent the sheep from getting out at night and to prevent predators from getting in. And so do we, as influencers, leaders, elders, in whatever sphere of influence that we are placed, do we contend for and protect our, our sheep? Am I, and when I preach, guys, I'm preaching to myself as much as I am talking to you guys. Am I contending for the people in my care? Am I praying for those people? that God has placed in my, in my care, am I ready to headbutt the enemy who comes against my people? Am I going to choke out a bear, a situation that is sucking the soul out of one of my sheep? Am I ready to do that? I feel quite challenged about that. It's not just seeing if the enemy's coming at me. It's seeing if the, there's an enemy or a predator that's coming against my people. So we've got to protect our sheep. And here's a thought. Do we make it too easy for our sheep to get away? Lots of people, not lots of people, some people, they'll leave a church, they'll leave a flock, they'll leave your sphere. Sometimes it has to happen, okay? That's life. But do we make it easy for people to push past us? Or are we like, no, this is, this is not right. Do we challenge people? Because you know what's right. You know what's right for your sheep. So it was just something I was challenged by. Are we, do we make it too easy for people to leave the fold? Because you're right, because we don't want to offend. Well, I'm going to make it harder for people to push past me and go out and wander off. It says... Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. A science journal published findings last year, just last year, of what happens when a boss has a service attitude towards employees was written up in a, you know, important journal, all this research. And these are some of the findings. It says employees feel the most value and in return give back to the company and its customers when their bosses create a culture of trust, caring, cooperation, fairness and empathy. So according to the authors of the research, the best business leadership style is far, is far, so it's not do this, don't do that. A servant leader looks around and says, is there anything I can do to help you? Let me help you do this. What do you need? This approach helps employees reach their full potential. The leadership style trickles down. It's contagious. The employees see their leaders as role models and often mimic those qualities, creating a culture of servant leadership. And this serving culture drives the effectiveness of the business as a whole. And they had all these numbers, you know, um, customer service was up 8%. 
the, you know, numbers for sales were up 6%. The retention of staff was up 50%. People didn't want to leave because they felt valued. And so when we're shepherds, when we're shepherding properly, we're actually serving. It's not about lording over. It's not about I've got the authority, you do exactly what I say. No, it's about serving lower to lead more efficiently, to lead more um, effectively. And look, you just look at Jesus, who is the ultimate example of servant leadership. He gave his life for his sheep. Why are you laughing? That wasn't funny. All right. Jesus gave it for his sheep. And look, let's just shift the gear and perspective a little bit. Um, Us, we're all his sheep. And as humbling as it is, because I've told you, I don't particularly like sheep, ugly, stinking things they are. We are all sheep, including myself. In 1 Peter 5, verse 5 and 7, it says, In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor and give, you, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. See, everyone has to submit to somebody. There's always someone who's more spiritually um, ahead than you. Recognize those people and submit to them, sit under them, learn from them. That's easy. The harder one is... Finding yourself under the authority of someone that perhaps you don't think is spiritually ahead of you. <laughs> it might be hard to submit in a place where you think, oh, I, I don't exactly like their leadership. I don't think they're a very mature person for whatever reason. But you're there. You're in that situation. When I first started teaching, I had uh, that particular situation happen to me. And the teacher that was... Uh, over me, overseeing me, I just thought he was inept, basically. I, I knew that he looked down on me because I was a young teacher. I knew that he looked down on me because I was a female. I knew that he didn't even value my subject. I struggled with that a lot. And so I was talking to God about it. I'm like, what is this guy doing here? And I'm just having a good old whinge. And I, helped, I really felt challenged because the Holy Spirit said to me, You honour that man and you submit. Not what I was expecting. But God gives grace. And at the end of the day, that man that was overseeing me, he loved God and he was a good man. And even though he had stuff that I could see and I had to deal with on a daily basis, God loved him and God could give me the grace to overlook all of that. And I grew from that. I was a more graceful person because I chose to submit despite. And see, in that situation, God God didn't go, oh, yes, sorry, that guy is a shocker. (laughs) Didn't see that coming. No, God puts us in those situations because in those situations we grow, don't we? I learnt to be humble and I learnt to submit and see... I think the first 
this first bit in chapter 5 is summed up with this. You guys look after these guys. These guys, listen to these guys. All of you get along. (laughs) Preach done. (laughs) And see, I am convinced church offence and issues with people even outside of church often comes because of pride. Pride's expensive, guys. It costs too much and it is not good. If we all clothe ourselves in humility, that's just putting others first, thinking of others more highly than yourself, which is biblical. If we're doing that, then there's no room for offence because we have grace, because we see the good in every person. And every person is good. They have goodness in them because God made them. At the very least, you can look at each person and say that. And so I'm astounded at church hopping due to offence. This is where it gets serious. See, some people change churches like they change profile pictures or coffee shops. Um, and look, they're creating a culture of what, what I get out of church, what am I getting out of this? I'm not actually getting anything out of this church, so I'm going to move. Rather than, what do I bring to the house of God? It's not what I get, it's what do I bring? I was talking to a friend about this just the other day and she sent me a meme or like a text later on. And it says, behaviours become culture when it shows up in our children. Now that can be, that can have a good spin or a good perspective depending on the context. Put it in this context and we perhaps have a generation, a next culture that doesn't build up the church, that just hops around having a a nice taste of coffee from this church and this church and this church. That's not building the church. Now, hear me very clearly. I'm not saying that the church won't grow. Christ will build his church. He just won't build them with those people. Be a person that God will build his church with and get planted. Because at the end of the day, guys, we've all got something wrong with us, right? Right? We're all too something. Just fill in the blank. Erin Harrison is too whatever. Don't, don't call it out. Don't call it out. <laughs> you know, put yourselves in there. Byron, Byron Gervin is too whatever. Chris Brown is too whatever. Whatever. We're all too something. But grace covers that. Thank goodness for grace. Okay? Have grace. God gives grace to the humble. Be humble and you will have grace and you will be able to love people. Okay? So, just as a side as well, if people's stuff is bothering you, talk to God about it. Don't gather a posse of people who are also bummed by that person. That's easy. That's really easy. It says at the bottom of this, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. God knows that people have their stuff. He doesn't want you to gather a bunch of people and talk about everybody else's stuff. He wants you to go to him, okay? So go to him with your cares and he'll sort it out, all right? Back to sheep. My aunt and uncle, running out of time. Am I good? All right. So my aunt and uncle, um, they have a farm 
where they run a large amount of sheep. And a couple of years ago, a um, bunch of wild dogs actually terrorised the farmland, killed like hundreds of sheep. It was in it really distressed my um, aunt and uncle and their their kids, my cousins, and it was on the news, all of that sort of thing. Um, wild dogs, because it, it was quite distressing. They'd go out and they just they'd find all of these dead little sheep everywhere and that costs hundreds of dollars for a sheep just one sheep um wild dogs actually they'll get together in packs they just find each other in the bush and then they will run straight at a flock of sheep scattering them which finds the weakest ones and then they'll just pick those ones off it's actually a predatory thing they all have their similar kind of thing you find the weakest one in the flock lions do a similar thing They prowl, scope out the weakest, and run at them. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. So the enemy, the devil, our spiritual adversary, he does not want us to grow. He does not want us to prosper. He does not want us to be unified as a church. He does not want us to connect to God. So he will poke and he will push and he will tempt and he will roar at you. And he will run at you. Each and every one of you, he will make a run for you. Guaranteed. And he'll see if you're weak. And he'll see if you run. Stand firm and be strong in your faith. I've got a picture for you. Love this picture. That lion is putting in the big ones. He is in a lot of trouble. That buffalo, when he gets hold of him. (laughs) Guys, resist the devil and he will flee. That is the truth right there. So stay alert. Be strong. So if there is a neglect in prayer, if there is a separation from fellowship away from the church, then weakness will creep in and it will waste away your faith. If you are not strong, you can't stand. When the enemy makes a run at you, You can't stand if your faith is not strong. Be strong in your faith. And if you are not tucked in with the rest of your little sheep, you're on your own. It's very hard to stand when you are on your own. So tuck in, sheep. Stay close to the great shepherd. That's God. Stay close. To the shepherds that he's placed over you and tend to the sheep that are in your care, that are around you, that are behind you. Look after them. Stay alert and strong so that you can stand what adversity comes your way because sheep, adversity comes your way. First Peter, all through it, suffering. <laughs> but bears, lions, goliaths, Suffering is a catalyst to growth. It's just 
It's just the way it is. It's just the truth. You grow out of suffering. You dig into God. You dig into his word. You gather closer to his people. When you, when you come up against something, you grow out of it. And at the end of it all, and we've heard this already, which I love, God is good. He's good. And God is kind. And he is not indifferent to our suffering. He just doesn't put us here and go, off you go. No, he is there and close. See, 1 Peter 5.10 says, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. And that is our promise for the future, church. Restoration, support, and strengthen. The New King James Version says, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. It says suffer for a little while. Suffer for a little while and grow. And then all of these things are promised to us. And it's all for his glory. So guys, be good shepherds. Really seek God. Ask him, who have you, who has God placed in your care? Who are those people he wants you to have those deep conversations with? Who are those people he wants you to chase after and bring back? And be good sheep. Submit, listen, grow. Stay close to each other. Don't be a wandering sheep does not bide well for you if you're a wandering sheep. We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.